this is Ethan, and I'm here with Dave, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 105-inch. On this week's episode, the exciting conclusion of our interview with drummer, author, and historian John Bermuda Schwartz, where he shares more rare clips and insights from Weird Al's career. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. Hey, welcome to season three, Dave. Thank you. How was your time off after the exciting season two finale? Oh, it was great. You know, maybe though next season we can work in more than a 13 and a half minute break between seasons well if we have a really good season three i don't see why we can't double that break for next year sounds great well dave are you excited for this weekend i sure am cooney i cannot wait until our big exciting two-year anniversary celebration including that incredible concert with trevor strong of the arrogant worms well, you're going to have to wait just a little bit longer, but not too much longer, because that concert is this Saturday, May 8th, our actual two-year podcast anniversary. And it promises to be pretty stinking majestic. It might just be the podcast social event of the year. Now, Trevor will be performing some incredible songs, including some Arrogant Worm songs, cover versions of Weird Al songs, and maybe even a few surprises. Surprises! And Trevor plans to stick around after the concert to chat and answer questions with us. Oh, that is so awesome. This virtual event is open only to our Patreon supporters, so there's no better time to join Patreon than right now. You can join now by visiting patreon.com slash 2000inch for access to the exclusive concert and more. Now, our intern, Frank, he tells us that he will be sending out the exclusive link very soon. So if you have not let Frank know that you plan to attend, please do so now by emailing him at frank at 2000inch.com so that you do not miss out. And our Patreon supporters know this, but just released Black and White and Weird All Over bonus episode two centimeter, the second episode in our bonus series with John Bermuda Schwartz, where we go through his book Black and White and Weird All Over page by page in exhaustive detail is available now for our Patreon supporters. These first two episodes take you through the end of chapter one, the Ricky video shoot. New Black and White and Weird All Over bonus centimeter episodes will always air first for our Patreon supporters over at patreon.com slash 2000inch. So there's yet another reason to join our Patreon family. If you've been on the fence, hop on over now! Not only will you get to celebrate our upcoming two-year anniversary in style and get early access to every bonus episode, but you will feel good knowing that you will be supporting the podcast and get all the other perks that being a member of our Patreon family entails. Over in our Facebook group, group.2000inch.com, an interesting question was brought up. How come the Black and White and Weird All Over bonus series is starting at one centimeter and not picking up 
at 28 centimeter. Wow. Our listeners must have an awful lot of free time on their hands. <laughs> I'll say. Of course, all episode numbering is done by our intern, Frank. Dave, you and I, we're not involved. Yeah, Frank was saying something about how it starts at one centimeter because it's a new bonus episode series or something like that. I don't know. I really wasn't paying attention. Oh, totally understandable. I tend to tune out our intern, Frank, whenever he starts talking, too. From what I understand, our Strings Attached bonus episodes ended at 27 centimeter. But if for some reason we ever released another one in that series, it would be Strings Attached bonus episode 28 centimeter. And if Weird Al were to do another Strings Attached tour in 2022, and we did bonus episodes about it, that would start at bonus episode 1 centimeter because it's a different series. <laughs> Unless, of course, in time travel. Oh, thank gosh. I mean, oh, wow, it sounds like we have received a message on the 347 Spatula Hotline. The 347 Spatula Hotline, the official hotline of Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, is sponsored by Angel Valenzuela and David Cash, two amazing Weird Al fans and podcast supporters. All right, Frank, let's take a listen to this voicemail. Hey, Dave and Ethan, it's your pal, Dana B., Tomorrow is May 6th, which is a very important day, because on May 6th, 1997, when Al's close personal friend Hanson, whose 1998 music video for their song River was directed and featured a cameo by Al, and whose 2010 music video for their song Thinking About Something also includes an appearance by Al, released their debut album Middle of Nowhere on May 6th, 1997. That very day was declared by the mayor of Tulsa, Oklahoma as Hanson Day and is commemorated annually by Hanson fans across the world. In my opinion, Hanson Day is just as important a holiday as Valentine's Day and Al's birthday. Gee, I wish I had some of the mm hops beer and a two-pound double wrapped in a quesadilla burrito burrito to celebrate with. And I think we need to get Isaac Taylor and Zach on the podcast. More importantly, I wanted to wish you both a very happy two-year podcast anniversary. Because without Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, I wouldn't have anything to talk about with my clients at work. For those who are listening and don't know, I'm a hairstylist, and I hope none of my clients ever express the same sentiment Al did in lousy haircut. I only hope to aspire to the prestige of Al's personal hairstylist and makeup artist, episode 35-inch guest, Sean James. So from me to you, happy Hanson Day and happy two-year podcast anniversary. Tell Frank to get you in touch with Hanson already. Well, thank you, Dana. Happy Hanson Day. We are big fans of Isaac, Taylor, and Zach and all their work with Weird Al. We are so glad that you enjoy the podcast, Dana, and thank you for spreading the word of the podcast to all of your clients. And maybe one day, you too can try one of those amazing two-pound double wrapped in a quesadilla burrito burritos at Burrito Burrito. This week's episode is brought to you in part by Vegan Burrito Restaurant, Burrito Burrito in Troy, New York, home of the two-pound double-wrapped in a quesadilla burrito burrito and Wizard Burger in Albany, New York. Come on down to Burrito Burrito and Burrito Burrito, your burrito burrito, or hop on over to Wizard Burger for mouth-watering, loaded, dare I say, beefy vegan burgers. From Troy to Albany to Uranus, Burrito Burrito and Wizard Burger feed the hungry with out-of-this-world, plant-based, real food, always vegan style. Visit burritosquared.com or wizardburger.com and order ahead. Wait, Ethan, is this a new burrito burrito ad? New season, new ad. All right, that makes sense. And I have big news. But we're not in our Weird Al-related news segment yet. 
Well, I suppose it's not exactly Weird Al-related news. It's more news about me and Burrito Burrito. That counts, Ethan. And now, this week in Weird Al-related news. All right, Ethan, what is the big news? (laughs) Jeez, well, it's, it's not that big a news. Oh, wait, hold on. I forgot to... This is a Dave and Ethan's 2008 Weird Al podcast world exclusive. Uh, right. I recorded a radio ad for Burrito Burrito. It will be airing soon. Oh, awesome. Is that it? Yep, that's it. You heard it here first. Ethan Ullman of Dave and Ethan's 2008 Weird Al podcast is the official voice of Burrito Burrito, vegan burrito restaurant in Troy, New York. Watch out, New York's capital region. Ethan and Burrito Burrito are coming for you. Uh, thanks. Yeah, I'm really honored. Speech, 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 speech. 27 years ago. When I became a vegetarian, I dreamt of one thing, one goal, and that was to be the voice of Burrito Burrito. We can save my speech for next week. Now, yesterday was May the 4th, Star Wars Day. As soon as I woke up, I ran to Disney Plus and I searched for Star Wars detours. And it wasn't there. Well, as reported by John Schwartz at BubbleBlabber.com, and no, not that John Schwartz, Star Wars Detours is not coming to Disney Plus at this time. Uh, such a shame. I was really looking forward to seeing that series. And of course, seeing if Weird Al shows up in any other episodes. I guess I'll just have to keep rewatching that leaked episode. Well, this is really awesome. Because we want to tell you about an incredible Kickstarter that fans of our podcast will absolutely love. Yes, that's right. Past guests Jonah Ray and the Mystery Science Theater 3000 guys are running a Kickstarter to make another season of the series. Now, they've already hit their minimum, but they can still use your help to fund a full 12 episodes. Now, the Kickstarter ends on Friday, so make sure to get your pledge in ASAP. But that is not all. Ethan, there is another incredible Kickstarter that we just have to tell our listeners all about. Yes. Oh, man. I'm so excited. MC Lars, our guest from episode 6 Inch, has a Kickstarter project seeking funding to create his most personal album to date. The album is called Fear of a Blockchain Planet, and while the project is more than funded, we know that you would want to know so that you can pick up the album and some of the other incredible perks, like the music he recorded in high school that has never been available before. That is such awesome news. Now, we know that MC Lars is a huge fan of Weird Al, and he's recorded with him in the past. I am so excited to see him get such great support from his fans for this new album. Oh, yeah, that album is going to be so cool. And actually, MC Lars is not the only one of our past guests with a new album coming out soon. Episode 34-inch guest, Chad Kelson, a.k.a. Metal Al, has a brand new album, too. The brand new album from Metal Al drops on Friday, May 7th. That is this Friday. And the album is called The Parody Album. And so far, he's released one single, one video, Smells Like Nirvana. That dropped last week. But 
Man, Dave, I wish I knew what some of these other songs were. I just gotta say, Smells Like Nirvana, that's not a secret that that is my favorite song. So it was great to see that video. That was a lot of fun. But yeah, I'm really curious because this album is all parodies. So what else is on it? And I wish we could just ask Metal Al himself. Uh, uh, hey guys, um, you're talking about me, right, Metal Al? Oh, Oh, I forgot you were on the line. Hi. Oh, hey, Metal Al. It's uh, international recording artist, Metal Al. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hey, welcome back to the podcast, Metal Al. Hey, thanks for having me back. Yeah, I'm so glad you're here because we had a lot of questions about your brand new album, the parody album. So first off, let me ask, how did you come up with the idea for doing all parodies this time? It was actually after the last album came out, uh, Straight Outta Hell, (laughs) <laughs> uh, I showed it to my brother, who is a Weird Al fan uh, by proxy because of me. So he's gone to concerts with me, and he he knows all the hits. But uh, these last few albums, I've been doing a lot of deep cuts because uh, I, I never really planned on doing parody albums. So when I showed him the last album, he was like, oh, this sounds great. But it, unfortunately, I just don't really know these songs. And uh, my first thought was like, well, then go learn the songs. <laughs> <laughs> but then uh, I was like, well, you know, maybe he's not the only one. Maybe other people would want to hear a metal version of the hits, uh, all the parodies. So I decided to give it a try. This is what happened. <laughs> and I think you nailed it. I mean, yes, you had done, I think, one parody before the first EP, Dare to be Metal. You had Eat It on there. And you actually have Eat It again on this album, but you do it a bit differently. Can you tell us about that? The reason I put Eat It on that first album was because I already knew how to play the song, so I didn't have to learn it. <laughs> but it was the second song I ever recorded as Metal Owl back when I wasn't quite sure what it was that I was doing. So when I listen to it now, I'm like, oh, I could do so much better with it. So I just wanted to give it a, an updated version now that I I'm kind of know what I'm doing with this project. Well, so in the new one, it is part of, you have two of these, these like combination songs. I don't know if I'd even call it a medley. It's, it's just like you have eat it and fat in the same track. So it's 12 tracks, but really there is, 14 or arguably 15 songs on the album yeah i i wanted to do fat uh but the song is kind of the same thing over and over again right uh so i thought that i thought the two would uh work well together and they really do it's really great to hear them together metal al can you tell us a little bit about the cover art for this album uh yeah the the cover art um the parody album is a parody of the tv album (laughs) so i wanted to do a pretty close character of myself in the same pose that weird al is in his uh cover of the tv album so uh yeah i drew that with color pencils i use color pencils to create that image colored pencils are very metal. Very metal. <laughs> they were they were metal color pencils. <laughs> oh, they look great. <laughs> it looks great. It's a spot-on parody of the TV album, so great job there. Thank you. Now, we mentioned the Smells Like Nirvana video. Uh, what can you tell us about that? It's all like retro toy and, and junk food commercials. It, it brought back my childhood as I was watching it. I, I just wanted to do a lot of 90s commercials that i remember when i was a kid yeah <laughs> and i also realized that 90s commercials they they there there's a lot of uh quick cuts which kind of work for metal music so 
Perfect. That's how that came uh, came about. Yeah. I gotta know. Are physical copies coming? I know. If you head over to the Bandcamp, they're all sold out. I'm I'm so glad I was, I bought mine early. Yes, there are. There's gonna be physical copies. Uh, they're gonna. Uh, there will be a week of pre-orders starting Friday. Uh, and then once the week's up, I will get the shipment in and then mail it out to everyone. Awesome. Well, this this album's got a lot of great songs on it, a lot of the great singles that everyone is going to recognize, especially your brother. Amish Paradise, <laughs> Another One Rides the Bus, I Think I'm a Clone Now, I Lost on Jeopardy, so many more. It is really great. And I understand that you actually brought one of your songs with you to debut on our podcast? I did, yes. Cool. Which song did you bring? Uh, I decided to show you guys Another One Rides the Bus because it's such a big anniversary year for that song. All right. Well, awesome. Well, before we have the world premiere of Metal Owls, Another One Rides the Bus, I want to urge everyone to check out the parody album. It drops on Friday. You can get your copies at metalal.bandcamp.com and of course you can follow Metal Al and all of his amazing music and videos and updates by heading over to facebook.com slash music or for anyone who needs to hear it the correct way Metal Al Music on Facebook Here's another one Rides the Bus
there it is. Another world premiere on Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al podcast. Thank you, Chad Kelson, a.k.a. Metal Al, for joining us. Dave, I have a feeling that won't be the last world premiere we will be hearing this episode. You know, Ethan, I think you might be right. We are very excited to air our conclusion to last week's interview with the legendary John Bermuda Schwartz. Now, Bermuda has been very generous with his contributions to our podcast. Not only has he joined us for several interviews about his career working with Weird Al, some of his most memorable appearances have also featured rare Weird Al clips from his massive audio archive. Now, sometimes these clips are from live performances outtakes, hard-to-find audio, and sometimes they're even world premieres of unreleased audio. For anyone who wants to re-listen to the past rare Weird Al audio episodes, those were episode 27-inch, episode 82-inch, episode 83-inch, and of course, last week's episode 104-inch. All right, Ethan, let's pick up with the exciting conclusion to the interview already in progress. Now, this next clip is a really unique one. This is this is something that, you know, collectors like Dave and I are always looking for the physical copy of. And this is Al's uh, recording for the Week of Welcome at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. Welcome to Cal Poly! <laughs> Hi, this is Weird Al, and I'd like to spend a few minutes with you and tell you a little bit about Week of Welcome at Cal Poly. As a newly accepted student at Cal Poly, we'd like to invite you to participate in the 1980 Week of Welcome program. WOW is an all-volunteer organization and is well known as the largest and best in the entire nation. We've found that students who participate in WOW have a three to four times greater chance of staying in school. You can't beat those odds. Well-trained counselors will be on hand to make you feel at home by helping to orient you to your new home away from home. Cal Poly has long been known as a friendly university which readily welcomes visitors to its campus. Poly has an enrollment of 15,000 students, among which are people of all backgrounds, nationalities, and interests. Cal Poly is the largest state university in the CSUC system. The campus consists of over 5,000 acres, yet the central core is only 374 acres. It's nestled in the mountains adjacent to San Luis Obispo. San Luis Obispo is a community of 35,000 located on U.S. Highway 101, midway between San Francisco and Los Angeles. It consists of seven schools with 56 departments. It has the largest architecture department and the fourth largest school of agriculture in the entire nation. I can't stand this music! Oh, it's much better. When you arrive at Cal Poly, you're going to be, for the most part, in unfamiliar surroundings. It's kind of nice to know where your classes are the first day, not to mention what classes you have. That's what the WOW counselors are here for. Naturally, a few problems are going to crop up. For example, you might want to know where Building 52 is, or who do you see about your scholarship. You may like sports, but you don't feel you're good enough for intercollegiate sports, and you'd like to know about intramurals. Perhaps you might be coming to Cal Poly on the EOP program, and you don't know where the office is located. And you may have lost some units in transferring from your junior college, and you want to know what you can do about it. Maybe one of your friends told you to take English credit, no credit, and you don't even know what that means. Answering these questions and more is what WOW is all about, helping you get a head start in becoming acquainted with university life at Cal Poly. WOW! Hey! Isn't that exciting? When WOW begins, you'll be put in a small group of about 20 new students, with two student counselors included in each group. 
we found that this is the most efficient and personal way to get to know you and help you learn about the university and the surrounding area. But most importantly, you'll have the chance to develop new friendships. <sighs> WOW has a lot to offer you in the way of social activities, such as a dance, and we also provide eight meals. You'll be given the opportunity to become acquainted with the campus layout and all the things it has to offer, as well as the surrounding community. During WOW, you'll be meeting with your department heads and advisors and have all of your questions and problems with computer-assisted registration taken care of. What? Hey, yeah, 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 yeah! On the social side, Cal Poly has over 250 clubs and organizations that include student government, music clubs, fraternities, sororities, academically related organizations, intramural athletics, ethnic group clubs, and other special interest groups within your major. WOW will let you find out all about the organizations you're interested in during an evening called University Union Night. Since the primary goal on any campus is education, we'll introduce you to a place called the Learning Assistance Center, where you can take a class in effective study techniques and other great programs, such as test-taking tips and panic study sessions. There are lots of people here at Cal Poly who'd like to help you, including the Career Development Center, the Health Center, Financial Aid, Educational Opportunity Office, the Job Placement Center, Disabled Student Services, the Activities Planning Center, and the newly built Robert E. Kennedy Library. All you have to do to attend a week of welcome is fill out the registration form on the record jacket and send it in to us. Cal Poly will be waiting for you in September, and WOW will welcome you and help you make new friends. We want you to have a great career here at Cal Poly. So we'll see you this fall on Sunday, September the 14th. Come join us. So that was an orientation, part of an orientation package. It was a, a little record, a flexi-disc, a little flexible, clear uh, record. Uh, and that was the orientation for Cal Poly San Luis Obispo for uh, what they called the Week of Welcome, which was an orientation week you know, at the school. Uh, Al was, was involved in, uh, he also did a, that version was for 1980. And uh, Al also did the 1979 version. And he also was involved in the 1978 version. Hmm. But what's cool about this version uh, in 1980 is he references uh, the beginning date of the Week of Welcome. It was Sunday, uh, September 14th, 1980. That's the night I met Al. Wow. So wow. That's kind, that's kind of a cool thing. That is very cool. This clip, I mean, it's certainly out there. People have been able to listen to it before. But I, I think it's a really unique thing especially to hear all together you could hear you know al's sensibility and the the comedic stuff in there is just so great and one thing i noticed is uh at one point you hear gunshots and you know i think al i don't think anyone would have thought you know 40 years in the future that that would be something you can't have in a you know promotional item for a, a university or a school uh, yeah yeah that well you know a lot of things a lot of things that that a lot of people did back in the day, you know, don't really fly anymore or, yeah. you know, through a series of tragedies became, you know, not that funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If Spike Jones were still around, I don't know what he'd be doing. <laughs> you right. know, he'd, he'd uh, <laughs> right. I don't know, half of his act would go out the window, you know, without, without some gunshots, <laughs> but it was, it was wacky, you know, and that's, that's what Al was known for. I mean, at that point he was weird Al Yankovic, you know, at, at the school and on the Dr. Demento show too. So uh, I'm pretty sure this this whole thing is is on uh, YouTube somewhere. I know the 1979 version is on YouTube as well, mm. and uh, you know that's just just a nice little tidbit. But what's cool about that is is he actually mentions the date. You know, not having any idea that we were going to meet, but he right. does mention that date at the end of this. And uh, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. That was a very cool thing. And Al was still at school at the time. He still had I think one more semester to go. So he was he was back at school at that point when when. Uh, 
you know, when I met him, he had come up from school, you know, and was heading back uh, the next day. Now, to track down one of these, uh, Ethan mentioned, this is one of the holy grails, these flexi discs for any Weird Al collector. Do you have any idea how many of these flexi discs were produced? I imagine they were only intended for incoming students, so probably not too many. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what that is. I don't know if that's 10,000 or 20,000 or 6,000 or I have, I have no idea. Uh, I can tell you that it's not as rare as the placebo EP, <laughs> but I can also tell you that the people that got that record, it's very unlikely that many of them kept it. I mean, that wasn't considered a Weird Al record. Right. That was just part of a package. And once they got past their week or, you know, or, or whatever, they probably tossed it out. And uh, so there's probably, you know, like... Ninety percent of them are, are in a dump somewhere, and uh, you know, and the other handful are out there with people who are either hoarders, you know, who, who just really kept everything that had to do with school, or may possibly have known who Al was at the time. I mean, it's conceivable mm. that someone, you know, college age, you know, would have been hip to Doctor Demento and been aware of who Al is. So there's there's a certain handful that would have uh, kept that, you know. So there's a few out there, uh, you know. I've got one. I've only seen ever one copy, and uh, you're gonna have to pry that from my. Well, <laughs> a little money, a little money would help. Yeah, but, <laughs> no, that's that's gonna be that would be hard to get away from me. And is that something that Al has in his personal collection? Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. Another thing that's really interesting about this is the harmonizing, you know, chorus ending in the yeah, which of course was then used in Amish Paradise. I thought that was a really cool thing that Al carried over from this. Ah, interesting. You know what? That, uh, yeah, I hadn't thought of that. Wow. I, see, that's something when you interview Al on a 2000-inch episode, <laughs> uh, you get to ask him about that. Right. You know, one, see if he remembers it. And then two, you may have to play them both. Right. And uh, get him get him to fess up. <laughs> we'll put it on our long list of things to ask Al when we eventually do have him on the the podcast in 30 years well it's very cool to hear the week of welcome 1980 flexi disc in its entirety thank you for bringing that clip with you you are welcome and we have another clip i'm not exactly sure what this is but it sounds like it could be like some kind of wedding march or something let's play it now <laughs> Sounds familiar. What what is this from Bermuda? That was the bridal chorus that that uh, traditionally gets played at weddings as the uh, you know also known as here comes the bride. Hmm. Here comes the bride. Wow. Uh, something something the bride. <laughs> da, da, you're the bride, aren't you? <laughs> yes, I'm the bride. <laughs> I am the bride. All dressed in white. We usually don't hear that on accordion. Why was this recorded on accordion? Oh boy, you know, back in the day. Back in the day, uh, I could Al would. Uh, I asked Al to to record uh, the uh, bridal chorus for a friend of mine's wedding. I just thought that would be cool. This was uh, uh, for like 1982. This was May of 1982, mm-hmm. and uh, back in the day, 
you know, I could ask Al if he would do something. He'd go, okay. Come I mean, it would cost me, it would cost me like $10,000 now to get him to do that, if he would even do it. But back then, I, pro- I probably bought him lunch. Yeah. And, uh, and he recorded uh, the bridal chorus, uh, a, a long bridal, the, the entire thing. I mean, the, the whole, there's a whole arrangement oh, wow. to this. And uh, he double-tracked it. I mean, it's in stereo, basically. And, uh, you know, very kindly did that for me. And uh, it was played at, at the friend of mine's wedding. And uh, who I should add that his, his marriage did not last very long. So I don't know if that had anything <laughs> oh, no. to do with the music that was played there. But I can tell you that, that only like three people, you know, and, and, and some of the people that were at the wedding party, that just literally a handful of people have heard this ever. Wow. And, uh, and now more thanks to you and and uh you know putting it out there it's that's what al did you know as as a favor for uh, for me and my friend you know way back when you know before there were contracts and record labels and <laughs> right. and uh you know and going into real studios he recorded that uh i i think in his well in his apartment and that was in the galemore building ah okay he lived that's another show we'll do a show on the galemore <laughs> building <laughs> Uh, okay. that was recorded, uh, on his Porta studio in, in the Galemore building while I stood there and, you know, made sure he did it, got it right. right. You know? <laughs> this was just a short clip. How long is the full bridal chorus? I, it's probably three or four or five minutes. I mean, it was a long wow. piece. Yeah. I think it was longer than actually got used. And then he did a, I should have included a, there's a very funny kind of an accordion, like a groan, like a, that he did at the end, you know, you know, da 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 da. I think I cut that off the the tape, the cassette tape right. that I uh, gave to my friend, but because it's like that's really, you know, this sweet, nice, you know, kind of bizarre that it's on accordion, but I guess you know maybe it sounded like an organ to a lot of people, and yeah. to hear this. Horrible sound at the end, you know. <laughs> Any, anyway, was your friend a uh, a big Weird Al fan? Was that the the reason for that? Well, he was he was uh, hip to Al. He was aware of Al. He came to see us do a show in uh, mid nineteen eighty one, and uh, at Knott's Berry Farm, and he had uh, taken pictures of us. I mean, a, a bunch of pictures that I used on on WeirdAl.com at the time. You know, early early live shots because we didn't have that many live shows to go off of. Uh, so it was it was pretty cool, um, and uh, which he eventually turned over the negatives to me. I mean, those are I can I can write a book. I could do pictures of uh, <laughs> got like two rolls of film of just that show. <laughs> so pretty fun stuff. But now, I, you know, I, and he's seen us a few times over the year. But uh, no, I mean that was just that was a really extra cool thing for him to do. I'm surprised Al didn't ask to go to the wedding, you know, and, and get a free meal. Right. That would have been kind of cool. Well, I, I went to the, I went to the wedding and got a free meal. So, you know, why shouldn't Al? <laughs> so this was recorded. Was it ever used on your wedding, Al's wedding, anyone else's wedding? No, 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 no. This was, uh, it was a, a one shot deal. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, honestly, I'm, I'm sure, and it was done very well. I mean, it was played very well. I'm sure if Al were to want to use, do something like that, he would re-record it, you mm-hmm. know, and, and have it uh, be, a, a, you know, like maybe this was 98% and he would want it recorded 100%, mm-hmm. you know, perfect. So he would, if he was going to try and do that, he would certainly re-record it. But, uh, you know, on the other hand, if, if we did want to use it, you know, I think we could use this old one and 
you know, I would just have to pay him a million bucks. <laughs> yeah, I had Elvis perform at my wedding with Jackie, but I almost want to get married again to Jackie and have uh, this bridal song used as our <laughs> wedding march. Well, you can you can get married again. You can have another ceremony and do a you know on your twenty fifth anniversary or or your sixteenth anniversary or whatever you'd like, and uh, you know you're you're uh, you're welcome to use that. You can you can loop that clip and and uh, as, for as long as it takes to walk down the aisle. There is actually there's there's a bridge part to the song. As well, but then it just goes over and over and over, yeah, and it just like ad, ad nauseum or or until you're nauseated, I think is Latin for until you are nauseated. Well, I love it when we renew our vows, we're definitely going to use this clip. I'll just put this out there, uh, Dave, for the record, I am an ordained minister, so if you're if you want to do it again, I can <laughs> I can officiate. Well, I knew I knew there was something holy about you. Wow. <laughs> Ah, okay, guys, I I got it. I got it for you. We were talking about uh, that Jim West thing on Money for Nothing, I think. I've got it. I've got the, the tape for you. Cool. Well, let's hit play. things about that i mean we, we we cut out the middle of it to to cut to the chase there at the end but two things about that one that was now on the version that was released on the uhf album that was actually mark knopfler playing on the released version and also his keyboardist guy fletcher uh who is still with him today you know from from the straits mm-hmm. uh but that was the version that was the first uh the the original track with jim playing the part now, what's cool about that is uh, Jim obviously listened to the original Money for Nothing, Dire Straits, and, and copped that part. He copped it very, very, very well. Well, by the time we recorded the song, you know, and uh, got Mark Knopfler on board, who said, you know, I'd, I'll play guitar on it if you'd like, you know, what's Al going to say? Uh, oh, no, we've got our, our guy doing it. It's okay. Don't, don't you worry about a thing. You just, just say yes to the permission, and we, you know, then we'll be okay. We'll send you a record later. No, he, he uh, you know, when Mark sort of volunteered to do it, you know, what, Al said, well, yeah, that'd be great. So now Mark had already been playing the song for a couple of years on the road and, you know, parts get massaged a little bit, you know, and, and when it's your own song, sometimes you, you know, you take it in a little bit of a different direction, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So he was sort of aware that he needed to play it like the original record, but I don't know how closely he studied it because by the time you listen to the final version with Mark playing on it, it's noticeably different than the original Money for Nothing and then what Jim did on this clip that we just heard. Uh, you know, Jim was more tuned in with the original part and Mark was a little bit uh, straight a bit, 
But it's Mark Knopfler. Are you going to tell him it's wrong? I mean, it was very cool <laughs> to have him do that. Right. And if and if someone says, oh, you guys didn't get the exact part like Dire Straits did, you know, you say, well, that's Mark Knopfler. Call him up and you tell him he doesn't know how to play a song. And, <laughs> and we'll give you your three ninety nine back that you paid for the record. No, that's not. We never gave anybody any of their money back. <laughs> anyway, the, the other cool thing about that is, now, you know, our, our song... Uh, you know, the, the original Money for Nothing and then our version fade out. Well, that's something done, you know, in, in, in the when you're mixing the song. That's not, we don't play it as a fade out. You know, we just have to play. And when we get past the point, we know that it was going to be faded out. We just stop. And there's not really a plan. Sometimes it's just very abrupt. Like that was just sort of, I don't know, I guess maybe we looked at each other and sort of nodded and it's like, you know, okay, well, we'll just at the next opportunity, we'll just stop. We'll just stop playing. <laughs> And that's so. That's what happened there. There's another, another thing, and actually that got used on uh, one of the clips for my book, Black and White and Weird All Over the Lost Photographs of Weird Al Yankovic, 1983-86, from 1984 Publishing, available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble, or your favorite local bookstore, or blackandwhiteandweird.com. There's there's one of the teaser clips from the uh, studio, was us doing uh, that boy could dance, and the clip starts like near the end of the song, which on the record fades out. But you don't, that's one of those songs where, well, we, we have to, you know, when we're recording it, we have to stop sometime, you know, we have to just stop playing, you know, and, and then go in and listen. <laughs> so on that song, there was actually, I guess I did some sort of a little fill or a little figure or something. And, and I guess maybe we looked at each other and just sort of knew that we would be ending the song, you know, and we've been playing together long enough at that point, you know, a couple of years, uh, to, uh, to, to, you know, work with each other well enough to, Make it sound almost musical. <laughs> and the ending that we did on That Boy Could Dance, you know, in the studio that nobody ever heard before, was the ending that we did on the uh, No Frills tour when we played the song. You know, again, we, we can't fade it, you know, in concert. Uh, we had to play an ending of some sort. And we used that ending that we had done in the studio that day. We, you know, we didn't have to think about it. We just, we knew what we were going to do. We, we had done it once, so we did it again and again and again. So that was, that's the cool thing about you know, some of these clips is you get to hear things that never made it on the record. And in the case of Money for Nothing, that's how we, when we had finished playing the track and we knew that we had to stop, that's how we stopped. We just, you know, kind of fizzled out. I have a question about the song, Money for Nothing, Beverly Hillbillies. I'm trying to think if I've ever heard it played live. Have you guys played it live? We have played it live, and I believe it's always been in the medley. And it, and I believe it, al- it kicked off the medley, and I... I don't remember if we ever did the entire song live. Because I'm wondering if Jim does the original thing that he did, or does he do Mark Knopfler's take on it? You know, I would have to listen uh, to it. I'd have to listen to a tape. Like, I don't have any tapes of us playing it live or something. Uh, like, I don't have hundreds of tapes of us doing that. Uh, I'm going to say he plays it like like it was on the original. Yeah. Because that's what's in his head. Mm-hmm. You know, he... he uh, I, I I would think you know what that's uh, when you interview Jim you should ask him and see if he can remember he'll probably say no Bermuda's got some tapes though you can listen to those <laughs> Bermuda will uh, know. <laughs> yeah you know what I I, do, I don't know I don't know I'm going to say Jim plays it like the original record like the original Dire Straits version well very cool now we got another one here and I'm just going to play it and let's uh, we'll talk about it after we hear it this is take two. Thank you. 
is this? <laughs> wow. Wow. That was a real a real cacophony. No, no. What? Cacophony. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Well, you wouldn't think we would need six takes to get that kind of noisy <laughs> junk, but no, we had it. No, that wasn't bad enough. We have to do it again. No, that was still too good. No, no, we don't want to. So anyway, we did six takes of that, and uh, uh, we actually used take number three, which was not included here. I mean, you can hear take number three on the album. You don't need me to, to bring that, but that was uh, that was a, a, a secret track, you know, just just a little hidden thing. I think it was at the end of You Don't Love Me Anymore was at the end of the, the CD. Yep. And then like 12 minutes goes by or something or something like that. And and then there's this this noisy thing. And the idea was if you had your CD player on and you just let it run and it ran out and you didn't, you were just sitting there and the album had ended and you didn't turn it off, that 10 minutes later this thing would come on and you would jump out of your chair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that was the idea. And, uh, yeah, so <laughs> that's, that was the point of, uh, of that. And it had to be just this like loud, noisy, you know, terrible, whatever. Pretty cool, huh? So it was, it, it was essentially improvised by you guys. Al was just like, just be loud, be noisy. And you guys just kind of did what you wanted and you just picked the one you liked the best. Oh yeah. The one we liked the worst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It had to just be annoying, garbage, junk, uh, as, as atonal a musical as possible, and uh, I mean, they in that they should have had me sing it in that case. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was uh, uh, affectionately known as "Bite Me," and it wasn't a listed track on the album. Uh, I think, I think it was actually listed on, on the box set on the Squeeze Box uh, collection. I think it probably got listed out as an actual track. I don't think they made like a twelve-minute. You know, you don't love me anymore. I think ended, and, and as soon as it ended, then bite me came on. I don't think they inserted that because you couldn't do that on the LP. Now, right. when off the deep end came out in the first place, there wasn't an LP. There wasn't a concern about what to do on the second side and how to insert ten minutes of silence, which wouldn't have fit. Right. That wasn't even a concern. But in pressing them, in pressing LPs uh, for uh, the box set. That was a concern, and I think they just went ahead. Even on the CD, I think they went ahead and they just put it like as the twelfth track. Mm. And so now you can get right to it. And uh, now you're, you may still be surprised, but you don't have to wait 10 minutes for the surprise. <laughs> and it doesn't appear on any of the cassette versions, correct? I, you know what? I, I wouldn't think so. I would, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think so. That'd be really obnoxious. 10 minutes of just blank cassette tape <laughs> going by and then <laughs> for a three second clip. <laughs> and I think that Unless I'm mistaken, I think that the the ten minutes of silence is included on the squeeze box set on the CD version at least. Oh well, I, I uh, honestly I haven't listened to it. I'm I'm just that that would have taken a concerted effort then on the engineer's part. Uh, you know what? It's possible they did. Um, I I would have to open up a box and see. I haven't even opened a box yet. <laughs> they they sent me a booklet so I could see what what my work looked like, and then the rest of it is yeah yeah I've heard this before. Yeah yeah. I just, <laughs> Al, Al sent me pictures of what the box was going right. to look like. Yeah, I, I know what it is. That's okay. That's fine. Well, all the songs on Squeezebox are remasters because I remember they had to remaster the 10 minutes of silence. Yes. <laughs> Which we probably got charged for. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 10 minutes, that'll be $10,000. You want silence? $10,000. <laughs> now, there's uh, 
there's this information online that says in 2004 it was discovered that if Bite Me is slowed down to one-eighth speed and about 17 seconds in and that reversed slowed down version, you can actually hear lyrics from David Holliday's Tears of the Earth. Is that anything that you're familiar with? That that sounds vaguely, vaguely, vaguely familiar. And that's funny that you mentioned David Halliday. David was uh, was one of the Scotties. Uh, what what? He's a he's a relative. He's like a son or a nephew of one of the Scotty brothers. Uh, something something like that. There's some sort. I, I maybe that's not right. But hmm. you know, it's possible. And in that case, that would have been something that that our engineer Tony Papa put in because he would have been hip to that. Mm, just to add to the chaos. But I think I think David David. Yeah, David Halliday was a, uh, I believe he was a Scotty Brothers artist. So, you know what, that's that's very possible. You know what, that sounds kind of familiar. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would have been done after I got out. I mean, after we did six takes of that, I think I went home. Uh, I went home sick. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, you know what, that that's, it's possible. I wouldn't be surprised to, to have that thrown in there. Yeah, just another little Easter egg that we have to find in the massive list. <laughs> Yeah. However, I, I will add that these uh, that those three takes that the six takes I have are just the band. It's just us. That's not the final one that you heard on the record. So going back and hearing that, there is there could be more in it. So that's very possible. I'm going to have to listen to that now. Why? Wow. Why? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> the last clip that you brought. This is so exciting. I had no idea that this song had a full version. We're going to hear the full version of Let Me Be Your Hog. Let me be your hog. Let me be your hog now. I said, baby, 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 baby. Again, one of those endings that you don't get to hear on a record. <laughs> wow. Right, because on the record, it, it gets cut off with a record scratch right before you hear that ending bit. So this is like the full version. <laughs> yep. Wow. There you go. <laughs> Another great rarity from the archive. Yes. <laughs> That is so incredible. Now, when you recorded that, did you know it was going to be cut off with a record scratch at the end, or did you think it was going to be a full song? Well, no, we knew it was It was just a little short thing that was going to lead into, uh, I think, uh, She Drives Me Crazy. She Drives Like Crazy, I think, was, was what it goes into. Uh, no, we knew that it was just uh, going to be edited and butted up against that. <laughs> but we again, in, in the studio, we still we had to find a way to just stop playing. You know, we, we don't just keep playing forever we'd still be there uh you know there's there's a point where we just have to stop playing and that's that was it as as abrupt as abrupt as it and unmusical as it was that's you know how we end things sometimes (laughs) is there a story behind you know the lyrics for let me be your hog i know you know a lot of people myself included find them quite inspirational (laughs) (laughs) i i i don't know i uh (laughs) You know, again, a question, so many questions for Al, yeah. so, so much to learn. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't remember what the, uh, what the impetus for that was. Yeah. <laughs> and so I guess this counts as a, as a Weird Al original. Is there any, you know, did you take inspiration from any 
artists for the the drums on it? Not on this one. No, no I, this. I, uh, <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember what he told us it was supposed to sound like when you know when we were working on it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that may it may have been something we actually just did in the studio. You know, and worked up in the studio. I don't know if there's actually a demo for that. For example, mm-hmm. it would be easy enough to find out. I can check on my iPad and find out. <laughs> I'm curious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm curious too. Let's see. Let me be your hog. That's A B C D E F G H I J K L L for let. Uh, let me be your hog. Let me be your hog. Oh no! Hold on. Let me be your hog. Oh yeah. Huh. We absolutely. There was a, a demo for that, and it's an extended version. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Even more wow. extended. There was a demo that we recorded almost two weeks before we went into the studio. How long is it? I I. I don't know. Yeah, I just, okay. uh, I would have to look at the file. I mean, it's not like three minutes, okay. but it probably <laughs> just goes on a little bit. Wow. Uh, wow. Yeah. So, so there, there is indeed, we, we planned it, you know, to possibly be a little longer, to go a little long, but, you know, knowing that it wasn't a full song. Right. <laughs> so great. <laughs> that's, that's for the next show. Such a treat to get to hear the full version of Let Me Be Your Hog. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Yes. Yes. These are all so great. Thank you so much for, for coming back and, and sharing these really great gems with us. Well, you are very welcome. It's nice for me to hear them again, too. Okay. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. 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 <laughs> wow. What an incredible interview. John Bermuda Schwartz, thank you so much for sharing those amazing clips with us. Yeah, those clips were so great. And how wonderful was it that we actually got to hear such a clean recording of the Week of Welcome Flexi Disc. Now those Week of Welcome Flexi Discs, they're real collector's items. And like we said, not too many of them still exist and they rarely, if ever, come up for sale. So it was really a treat to get to hear something like that in such great quality. And how great was it that we got to world premiere the bridal chorus? I mean, except for, you know, 40 or so people who were at the wedding. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that makes me wonder, like, what else has Weird Al done like that, that nobody, not even us, the two biggest Weird Al fans ever know about? Oh, man. Well, hopefully there's more and hopefully Bermuda has copies of it. I was so glad that our listeners can finally hear the Money for Nothing Beverly Hillbillies with Jim West on guitar. We've literally been talking about that recording since episode one inch two (laughs) years ago. (laughs) It was so great that our listeners and both of us finally got to hear that Money for Nothing Beverly Hillbillies asterisk with Jim Kimo West on guitar. And also... Who knew that there were so many alternate versions to Bite Me? I know, right? I guess I always just assumed what we know and love as Bite Me was just the version that they intended to do. But I think hearing all of them, I still prefer the one that made the album. Now, you know what Weird Al needs to do? He needs to now put out additional versions of the Off the Deep End album where the only difference is which version of Bite Me is used. Ethan, you know you would buy it. Oh, I would buy so many of those just to make sure I had the full set, and then I'd want to make sure I had sealed ones. Oh, it it would be a huge pain, and I would love it. (laughs) (laughs) Not to mention all the remastering of the different Bite Me versions that they would need to do for all the alternate squeeze box editions (laughs) that they would have to put out as well. Oh, it would be a collector's dream. And holy cow, or I should say holy hog, there's a full version of Let Me Be Your Hog, Dave, 
I never even thought about it, but I guess it makes sense that they would have recorded beyond the record scratch to create that effect. And not to mention, Bermuda says the demo version is even longer. I wonder if there's other lyrics and, oh, I would love to hear that someday. Well, I hope we live to see that day. <laughs> so from all of us here at David Ethan's 2000s Weird Al podcast and all of our listeners, thank you to John Bermuda Schwartz for sharing these incredible Pretty, stinking, majestic clips with us. Hey, Dave, are you dot coms? Am I what? Are you dot coms? No, I'm not dot coms. I'm Dave. No, no, no. Are you dot coms? It's a podcast. Oh, you don't say? I do say. Guess who hosts it? Um, well, uh, let's see. It's, um... Uh, All right. If you could pick one person in the entire world to host a podcast, who would you choose? You mean besides the tarantula? Uh, yes, besides the tarantula. Well, obviously it would have to be David Grant, a.k.a. Sheepdog, the author of The Ruins of Our Past, and the comedic rapper behind the MC Chalkskin persona, and also co-hosted by a potato. Well, Dave, you're in luck. I thought I was dot-coms. Are You Dot-coms brings Potato and Sheepdog together with their own topics of the week. The catch? They don't know what the other's topic will be. Wow, that sounds like a really fun podcast. Now, let me guess. You can get more information about it by heading over to wolfandwool.com. Right you are. I thought I was .coms. This week's episode is brought to you in part by Discover Darwin, promoting tourism in Darwin, Minnesota. Not only is historic Darwin, Minnesota uh, beautiful, it's also getting vaccinated. Vaccines for the 2019 novel coronavirus are not available in Darwin, Minnesota. But not to worry, if you live in Darwin, you are less than five miles away from a vaccine location. How convenient. It's just a hop, skip, and an attempted jump over to Walmart in Litchfield, Minnesota. Wow, Walmart has everything. That's right. Even if you're not in Darwin, Minnesota, you're probably still close to a location to getting a vaccine for COVID-19. But if you need more information about that, you probably should be listening to a better source than a podcast about Weird Al. Hey, I get all my news from our podcast. How else would I know which Kickstarters are worthy of my funding? So visit Darwin, Minnesota on your next expedition. Discover Darwin more than just a twine ball. And after you visit Darwin, Minnesota, be sure to visit discoverdarwin.biz. Each week, we're able to bring you our podcast absolutely free. Thanks to our sponsors, Burrito Burrito, Angel Valenzuela and his son, David Cash, Discover Darwin, Jackson Scoggins, David Grant, and thanks to our amazing close personal friend, Patreon supporters, Kenneth, Zeb, Allison, Blair, Jared, Javier, and Jeff. And thanks to our newest Patreon supporter, Jeremy, and everyone else in our pretty stinking majestic Patreon family. If you enjoy our family-friendly weekly Weird Al podcast, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash 2000inch or by picking up some pretty stinking majestic official David Ethan's 2000inch Weird Al podcast merchandise such as tank tops, pillows, towels, and hoodies over at shop.2000inch.com. And remember, Patreon supporters, this Saturday, May 8th, is our two-year anniversary concert starring Trevor Strong of the Arrogant Worms. If you're not a Patreon supporter yet and want to attend, what are you waiting for? Stop what you're doing and go over right now to patreon.com slash 2000inch and sign up immediately and reserve your spot. 
you'll not only get access to our pretty stinking majestic anniversary party, but right now, Patreon supporters can also check out the black and white and weird all over bonus episode one centimeter and bonus episode two centimeter. The first two episodes in our special book series where we sit down with this week's guest, John Bermuda Schwartz, and go page by page, picture by picture, inch by inch through his book, Black and White and Weird All Over. And Patreon supporters, you get to hear all bonus episodes early. So there's yet another reason to join our Patreon family if you have not already. We love hearing from our listeners and other Weird Al fans. Join our Facebook community and post about Weird Al by visiting group.2000inch.com. And we also love it when we receive voicemail via our official 27-hour-a-day podcast hotline 347 spatula. You might even hear your message on the show. For everything about our podcast, including incredible past episodes and guests, be sure to visit weirdalpodcast.com or 2000inch.com and keep up on new episodes, podcast news, and events by following at 2000inch on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribing at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or the podcast app of your choice. Thank you once again to our guest, John Bermuda Schwartz as well as Chad Kelson, a.k.a. Metal L, and Dana B. Thank you to the Grammy Award-winning Jim Kimo West for our incredible theme song, and thank you to Weird Al Yankovic, as this podcast probably would not exist without him. And a big thanks to all of you, our listeners, subscribers, Patreon supporters and sponsors, and everyone else who makes our podcast possible. Thank you for listening to Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al podcast. And always remember to gill and chill. Hey, Dave, when you and Jackie got married, was the bridal chorus performed on the accordion? Oh, no, no, nothing, nothing tacky like that. I'll have you know that Jackie and I, we put a lot of care into making sure that we had a respectful and tasteful wedding. Oh, what'd you do? We got married in a nice little chapel in downtown Las Vegas by an Elvis Presley impersonator. Wow, sounds fun. It was, though that actually reminds me. Do you still have our marriage certificate? We're gonna kind of need that back, you know. Uh... That was Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. Episode 105 inch. This podcast is pretty stinking metal. Here comes the bride. Something, something, the bride. You're the bride, aren't you? Yes, I'm the bride.